You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, you should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed to get 20% off your first order. I'll drink to that. And one for Molly. Honestly, I think our new podcast setup is superior. It is. It's a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Don't neg us. It's superior. It, if it, it is even be- a little bit better, it is superior to the previous setup. Absolutely. I'm trying to have positive vibes as the world burns around us, Clancy. This is true. Another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, honey. Hi. We've rotated the room. We have. <laughs> is it really? Ro- yeah, I guess from a scent from the, if you, if we were anchored in the corner of the room, we pivoted 45 pivot. degrees. Pivot. Because I wanted to change up my office. Because sometimes it just feels nice to feel in control of something. (laughs) Um, Wow, that's a vibe. I mean, anyway. Let's talk about Mischief Merch. As this episode is dropping, it is LeakyCon. So by the time you hear this, if you're at the con, if you're traveling to the con, hello, enjoy. But it's probably too late to get your LeakyCon merch now. Yeah. That said... We got another leaky card coming up in Denver in October. Yeah. So if you're bummed or if you're prepping for that one, you still got time to get your stuff from mischiefmerch.com. Look at this. They've got this weird sisters band shirt. That's really cool with all of these different witchy locations for the world tour there on the back. Yeah. Of course, this gay agenda mug is still a hot topic. Also, these MCU slip on shoes, which, by the way, you use non plus 10 in your code in your basket. On those MCU shoes or any other MCU stuff, what do they get, Clancy? Oh, they can get 10% off. Yes, off their MCU stuff or their non-plus stuff. Yes. How exciting. Very exciting. We finished Miss Marvel. We love yeah. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was great. We're we... excited for the Marvels. Yep, we saw Love and Thunder twice. We saw Thor Love and Thunder twice. Also delightful. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth's, Hemsworth's ass is worth it. Yeah. It's Thank you, Taika Waititi. On display. And for giving us dem cheeks. Talk sexy cheeks yeah just, it, i honestly i really really liked them. i did too but anyway we're not here to talk about that Mm-mm. no we're gonna talk about 1979's 
The Muppet Movie. The Muppet Movie. And of course, before we get into it, all of our research is done on Wikipedia. I am to be Rotten Tomatoes Box Office Mojo. And this week, Muppet.Fandom.com. Oh my God. Yes. The Muppet Movie was released. It had two release dates almost a month apart. May 31st in the UK, June 22nd in the US, both oh, wow. obviously in 1979. Yeah. They also had two different running times, which I'll uh, explain a little bit later. Sounds good. But the UK was 97 minutes. The US was 95 minutes. Mm-hmm. Directed by James Frawley, who makes a cameo as the waiter in the El Slizo Cafe. Yeah, that was cute. It was cute. The screenplay was done by Jerry Jewell and Jack Burns. Yep. And then music by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher. Yeah, who Paul Williams was also. He's the pianist in the El Slizo Cafe. Strap in, kids. There's a lot of cameos. (laughs) There is. We're going to try to mention them in line as they would have happened. Yes. And right now, we'll just mention the Muppet performers and the human performers. Which are Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog, Rolf the Dog, Dr. Teeth, Waldorf, and the Swedish Chef. Frank Oz as Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Sam the Eagle, Animal, and Marvin Suggs. Jerry Nelson as Floyd Pepper, Crazy Harry, Robin the Frog, Lou Zealand, and Camilla the Chicken. Richard Hunt as Scooter, Statler, Janice, Sweetums, and Beaker. Dave Gouls as Gonzo the Great, Zoot, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and Dog Lion. And Carol Spinney as Big Bird. Oh my God, that was such a delight. Such a delightful cameo. Uh, the human performers were Charles Durning as Doc Hopper, a businessman, entrepreneur, and restaurateur. Austin Peddleton as Max, Dr. Hopper's shy right-hand man and sidekick. Scott Walker as Snake Walker, an assassin who specializes in killing frogs. H.B. Haggerty as Lumberjack. Bruce Kirby as the gate guard. And James Frawley as waiter in El Slizo Cafe, where Fozzie is doing his comedy act, He's, which we already talked about. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Okay, before we get into it, I have seen this before, but it's been 30 plus years since the last time I sat down and watched it all the way through. So you're eight years old last time you saw this. Yeah, at most. So I, I can't. Because very little of this sticks out in my memory, but the things that do really do. Yeah. And like, I've seen scenes from this. Sure. Because, you know, obviously Rainbow Connection, Kermit riding a bike, which we'll get to, and all that other stuff. Like, I, I've seen those things, but never all together. And honestly, I'm kind of disappointed. What? Oh my God. Why? Because I'm sad I hadn't seen this earlier. Oh, okay. I was, you got me. You got me, you little goof. Oh, you know, I'm a little stinker. You little stinker. I thought this was a fucking delight and I can't wait to talk about it. I feel like there's very few Muppet properties that I dislike. Yeah, I would I would probably say, and I watched a couple of the, the Muppets show yeah, because um, those came on Disney Plus, and I was just like, I went through a, a couple of them. I think uh, it's certainly a different vibe than the films. It absolutely is, but there's still that meta tongue-in-cheek things happening, oh, yeah. especially with Liza Minnelli when she oh, was on I there. I love her it episode. Was, yeah, that whole Copacabana scene is fucking amazing. Her 
But again, breaking that wall like throughout, it's 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 absolutely delightful. Delightful. Alrighty, shall we? We shall. I'm Stetler. I'm Waldorf. We're here to heckle a Muppet movie. The story opens with the Muppets sitting down at a private screening to watch a screen test of the actual Muppet movie, which opens on Kermit the Frog's simple life in a Florida swamp. He is approached by Bernie, a talent agent who encourages him to pursue a career in show business. Inspired by the idea of making millions of people happy, Kermit sets off on a cross-country trip to Hollywood. On the way, he meets Fozzie Bear, who is working as a stand-up comedian in a dive bar, and Kermit invites Fozzie on his journey. The two set out in Fozzie's 1951 Studebaker, but are soon pursued by entrepreneur Doc Hopper and his assistant Max in an attempt to convince Kermit to be the new spokesfrog of Hopper's struggling French fried frog legs restaurant franchise. Horrified, Kermit refuses, and he and Fozzie drive away. I forgot about these Jim Henson pictures Kermit on a camera dolly yeah. openers to these early Muppet films. And I am delighted by it. It really is super cute. And I kind of said that they've sort of stopped doing that for some reason. I mean, now it's just the like, I mean, to be fair, they've stopped doing Muppet movies. It's been a minute. That's been a minute. It has been a minute. The last one was with what Jason Siegel. Well, it was The Muppets 2. Uh, most Wanted. That's it. Yeah. Anywho, all these opening chords in this opening song kind of sound like clothes for renovation from Little Shop. That bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, it, and, and I, I, I was taken out of it for, for just a moment. But uh, I'm having this same thought as I'm having that about the practical execution of this theater scene that we're going into. Yeah. All of these puppets that are being operated inside of vehicles and under furniture and in environments. Just think about, because this is 43 years ago. Yeah. Star Wars has only been out for two years. Yeah. Or Star Wars came out two years prior. And probably, I don't I think this is pre-home video. So it's mm-hmm. not like that's something you can see again. You have to wait for it to rerun or whatever. Yeah, sometimes absolutely. that would happen. Just imagine with film technology being what it was then, like seeing all of this and going, yeah, that's a puppet. But holy fuck. That puppet is in a pond. That puppet is in a car. Yeah, they did such a good job of making it the wider aspect ratio and the sort of framing that they did in, in this movie. Everything was so cinematic and just really seemed like these Muppets were moving on their own. It, yeah. They did such a good job. And again, I, even as yeah, an adult, you understand stopping that. and thinking, wait, no, this is a raised platform with like 40 people underneath. 40 people, people that are all working in unison. Yeah. Like it's fucking like uh, music that's going on if the like, documentary so awesome. research is out there if the scholarly research is out there about how all of this was executed even if it's anecdotal i need to find it and consume it yeah because obviously we don't do that kind of research for this fucking shit show yeah um <laughs> that's well, a joke clancy we i i understand but like we, we do a little go, bit but we're not out here reading jim henson's biography before we watch this you know what i mean oh yeah no you're absolutely right what we're i'm saying is that far. no <laughs> What I'm saying is, yeah. if there is in-depth information about how all of this was executed, produced, etc., yeah. I want to consume that information because just sitting back and watching it from a logistical standpoint, even as we get into the boat scene, like Kermit is in a swamp 
on a log and Dom DeLuise rose up to him. Yeah. Dom DeLuise is in a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is afloat. It's pretty rad. That said, I'm so glad that we go to the Alamo Draft House because this is how I picture every other movie theater. <laughs> well, and the Alamo Draft House is why we haven't actually ever seen the Nicole Kidman pre-roll at the AMC. Oh. That is such a big meme. Oh, that's right. All the yeah, gays yeah, 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 online yeah. love Nicole Kidman's speech at the theater and can quote it. I We've never seen it. Yeah. Anyway, we're derailing. And we not are, because we don't like this movie. We no, actually quite like it. We this really, movie. really do. So let's move on, shall we? We're coming down on Kermit into the swamp. Both you and I looked at each other at the same time and was like, we just noticed Kermit yeah. right now. But he had been there the rest of the scene. And it's just it's, wild. And it goes from a natural crane shot. I don't know if it crossfades. I can't remember now. Well, but you, it does crossfade because it's, it's a helicopter down into a crane yeah. shot that moves in. It's, um, it's also super yeah, smooth. And it's you don't really even, well done. You don't it's, realize it's that better than the birdcage did. Yes, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. I mean, it's still a cool shot on the birdcage, but like, you know, when you go from the ocean to the street of yes. Miami, it's. But this also proves that um, some Muppets have coloring that's an adaptive trait. How, how so? What are you talking about? Because we couldn't spot that frog in oh, the no, wild. Oh, no, we couldn't. <laughs> that little amphibian just on a log. I love that they explain kermit the frog's tongue situation in this film it didn't click to me that there was something wrong with his tongue i just now realized what the fuck they were talking about because frog's tongues shoot out i know but also that the fact that it doesn't have a tongue when he's flapping around right. and so like it it makes sense i just but I, now it is but i think it's because we've seen kermit so much i just don't I don't see it. And then when Bernie asks, but Dom DeLuise, Bernie mentions that if he gets his tongue fixed, he'll get a lot of work. Oh, oh if I were you, I would give this audition very careful consideration. You've got talent, kid. Singing, telling jokes. I mean, if you get your tongue fixed, who knows? You can make millions of people happy. What that's is he trying? He's going to please millions of people if he gets his tongue fixed. That's gross. Bernie, what are you telling this frog to do? I mean, are you giving him casting couch advice? What's are you saying he should be a porn actor, Bernie? Yeah, it it, it definitely that has some gross vibes. It really does, and also just that he's like, oh, by the way, I saw this ad asking for frogs, and not mm-hmm. holy shit, is that a frog singing and playing the banjo? Like it's <laughs> yeah that he is uh, he's unfazed by this frog. Oh, absolutely, and then pulls out a copy of Variety, just he's like, like he know, just has that with him all the to be time. A frog, I was re- I'm an agent, so of course I always keep the trades on me. <laughs> what the fuck? So uh, yeah, Kermit gets the bug, decides to go to Hollywood as. Doc Hoppers is opening up a brand new franchise in Frog Swamp, Florida. I don't know where any of this is supposed to take Selling place. Selling frog legs. Selling frog legs. Which but is we, terrifying. It's terrifying. And there's something masterful in the storytelling here because we get the absolute, again, go back 43 years. Sure. And you're in the theater and holy fuck, you've barely seen the bottom half of this puppet. Yeah. And now it's riding a bicycle. Yeah, it's the magic, the joy, the wonder. 
and it's done so well and so like simply even and, and Disney Plus has an extra that's on there showing the shot like a couple of times them doing test shots it honestly gives away what they were doing which is that it's actually on a crane mm-hmm. the back tire the chain is what's hooked up to his legs which make it look like he's pedaling so as yep. long as the tire's spinning he'll make it look like he's moving and then they also have animatronics in the upper part that are moving his head it is really a feat if you watch the uh, the whole extra though I swear to God, it looks like Kermit is just any other actor who showed up to set drunk that day. And the director's just like, God damn it, Kermit. I told you to lay off the rum. Because like the bike just suddenly like tips over at points. Absolutely. And then it's like, boop, cut, reset. Anyway, point is, yeah. fucking magical. And then suddenly the horror of these two giant frogs legs outside oh of this restaurant. Yeah. That are such a horror that it distracts Kermit into the most sort of like, and again, so back to my point about masterful storytelling, they take you to this very high high of joy, magic, wonder of watching Kermit the Frog ride a bicycle yes. to all of a sudden, you're going to die, bitch. And then just like this is it's the this Austin asphalt steamroller yeah. thing. Plus, and it's everything. Death is literally surrounding <laughs> Kermit at this moment. And then, oh no! And it's like, and then we cut to a shot of the bike, which is destroyed or like you know flattened on the pavement. And of course, because he's a frog, he just hopped up. He he just hopped. Thank goodness, I'm a I'm a frog. I can hop. This is it's the there's so much joy. You could tell they were really stretching their legs, pun intended, because you should intend your puns, you cowards. With what a film could do with the Muppets, yeah. And they continue to do that. If we ever do the Great Muppet Caper, there's a really great. We were talking about this the other day. Busby Berkeley-esque water feature musical number. Yeah. Very Zigfieldian with Miss Piggy, where as a kid, I was fucking enthralled because that puppet was not wet. She was coming up out of that water and she was not wet. Yeah. Well, and and also going even further in the Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes. Where there's the big giant bike scenes. Where there's all these all Muppets. The Muppets. On, every Muppet's this on a bike. Went, first they were on a first one of them was on a bike, then some of them are swimming. Fuck it. All of them on bikes. <laughs> Fucking amazing. It's so good. Ugh. Anyway, point being, this is how we set up our villain. <laughs> Inciting incident. Here we go. All right. I'm totally on board. This movie runs at a really great pace. It does have a good pace. So Kermit's on his way. I'm trying to plot their journey from Florida to LA. Yeah. I don't know. Where El Slizo Cafe is supposed to be <laughs> because it has a distinctly, I mean, it's El Slizo Cafe. There's a bit of a Tex-Mex Southwestern vibe to yeah. it, but uh, you're not really going to find that anyway along the coast. Honestly, the most direct route, we know this, the most direct route from the East Coast to the West Coast, if you're starting in Florida, is I-10. Yeah. And you're not going to find an El Slizo Cafe until at least... Louisiana M- M- magic of movies. I don't know. I but think, like well, yeah. anyway, let's not lose too much time. Let's not to it. The point is El Slizo cafe is our first like big cameo bomb. We get James oh Cor- Coburn as yeah. the cafe owner, the lovely legend, Madeline Kahn as an El Slizo patron who it, she's basically doing her character of Lily Von Stupp from blazing saddles. Oh my God. Yes, she is. Yes. And then Telly Savalas, who comes up as the tough at the bar, but they set up this whole exchange about her being his miss yeah. and getting warts from a frog being a myth. Oh, right. Hello, sailor. Buy me a drink. Uh, oh, easy. I, I'm not a sailor. I'm a frog. Uh, that's a small talk and buy me a drink. Yeah, but I don't even know you. Hey. You're not going to move my girl. No, sir. He did too. He touched me. Ugh. Go watch. You'll get what? No, you see, that's just a myth. Yeah, but she's my myth. 
no, no. Miss, miss. Yes. So then it sets up this running joke, which, by the way, is similar to another running joke that they're uh, kicking off in this exact same scene. Yeah. With the Hare Krishna line. Yeah. And Kermit even looks to us. He looks right down the camera at us and complains about the writing in his own movie. This guy's lost. Maybe you should try Harry Krishna. It's a running gag. It's so ridiculous. And God bless her, Carol Kane here as myth. Yeah. She's summoned by name. Carol Kane looks so young here. Yeah. Because she's the landlord from Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's also in Scrooge. Okay. She's yep. the ghost of Christmas present in Scrooge. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, she was on taxi. A few other things besides there's so much packed in. Yeah. yeah. Now I think the biggest problem with Fozzie and Kermit's number and why the audience hates it so much mm-hmm. is that they're trying to do a cabaret bit on bear night. I mean, effectively, because <laughs> there are no women there in this whole scene full of varying shades of pale men. Because yeah. they're not all supposed to be white, but there's not any uh, black people in this Absolutely shot. Absolutely not. And there's I some was... tan, there's some light brown, but there's not a whole lot of black folks in this shot. Yeah. The women could be drag queens. Oh my could God, be trans it's women. drag night. I love that. That's delightful. Uh, but this green screen Fozzie dancing, Kermit dancing I can handle. Yeah. Fozzie dancing creeps me out a bit. It's the way his stomach was moving. <laughs> I know it was jiggling in such a weird way. So it, was, it was sort of off-putting, but fucking incredible for green screen done this way. I mean, it, it is. It sells it. Anyway, they end up leaving. They've tricked everybody into going on the roof with a really bad pun. Hey, everybody. Drinks on the house. Somehow they even get the waiter up there. He thinks the drinks are literally <laughs> on the house. Way to go, Fozzie. See, the running gag, we keep saying it, is that Fozzie is not a good comedian, but I would argue in moments like this, he is a powerful comedian. He really is. And he's honestly like super funny. Like they really kind of dumb Fozzie down. Yeah going forward from he's clever he's really there is that one clip i'm gonna go ahead and drop it in from when they did that muppet show that i think was it was like a um a single cam show like the office yeah i think it was a bit too late for its time if it had come out a little bit sooner when parks and rec and the office were still at their height yeah i think people would have probably liked it more came coming out when it did it felt a little dated comma but one of my favorite things that bo- that one of my favorite things from that show is Fozzie's monologue about trying to find love and how he accidentally found the wrong kind of bear. I really want to make a good impression on Becky's parents. She's the first girl I've dated in a long time. When your online profile says passionate bear looking for love, you get a lot of wrong responses. It, not wrong, it, just wrong for me. And this is why I say Fozzie now knows the difference about club nights and when and when not to do a cabaret. I act mean, absolutely. At, at the gay bar. Um, <laughs> so maybe this is foreshadowing to what's going to come here in a minute. Yeah. But Doc following them in a car, looking and sounding like he does in the middle of the night, felt a little too real. Feel like being oh, followed yeah. by a racist old man in the South. Absolutely. Oh, no. 
And then at first it's like, okay, at least he's not looking to eat Kermit. Cause that was like, is this his whole, whole bag after he peeped this frog dancing? Now he's like, I'm, I'm going to eat, I'm I'm eat, eat, eat them legs. I'm going to get them legs. I'm going to get them legs. That's, that's kind of what I thought too. And then, but instead he wants Kermit to sing this song. Frog legs, frog legs, frog legs are fine. Hop is the place you should dine. There's cheese legs, bacon legs, chili legs too. French fried frog legs, barbecue. <laughs> If you want just a snack, then here is the one. A frog leg burger on a bright green bun. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> but also, what the fuck? Who carries around a remote control that can control TVs that are in a shop that he doesn't own? That already has the commercial queued up. Right. It's weird. Something is real off. I'm getting, it almost has kind of like Pee Wee's Big Adventure creepy vibes to it. You know We're what? We're almost getting some large Marge hold, hold energy on. here. I, I think I have the solution here. There is that, that stop, that, that, that barrier that's a danger or caution that, that Fozzie runs into in the Strudebaker. Yes. My theory is, is that, that Doc Hopper set that up, queued up the, the video so that it all would happen in that one place. That was a little f- well, but it, now that I think about it, presumably this is all in the same sort of Florida township or whatever, because yeah. Kermit would have been on foot when he got to the El Slizo Cafe. Oh yeah, he just had his he bike run over. Yeah. Anyway, we've spent so much on this. We we really really have, but you know, I I I I love this movie already. I do too. Hopper continues his pursuit, resorting to increasingly forceful means of persuasion. Kermit and Fozzie pull over outside an old church for a nap when they are awakened by the rock band Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem from within. The band and their manager Scooter ask about the pair's story and help them disguise their car from Hopper. Driving on, they are joined by Gonzo and his girlfriend Camilla the Chicken, who are also interested in becoming movie stars. They trade in their failing vehicles at a used car lot where they meet Sweetums, who they invite along. He runs off excitedly before the others drive away, only to emerge with his things and runs off after the car. The group meets Miss Piggy at a county fair, and she and Kermit immediately become love-stricken with each other. When the pair dinner that night, Hopper abducts Piggy as bait to lure Kermit. All right, this is where we get the moving right along song. Moving right along in search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity knocks once, let's reach out and grab it yeah. Together we'll nab it We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin Cabin? Moving right along Which, in my opinion, the Alkaline Trio version of this song is the superior version Can only you, you can't you can't dig on an original too much no, because without the original not. you wouldn't have the cover comma but I do love this co- as far as covers go this is an amazing cover and if you haven't yeah. listened to it I'll mention it a little bit later check out the green album but it may also be that that's what I was exposed to first like oh, yeah. I heard he really really does so it may be that my bias is coming from that but still 
a great song nonetheless. And like, it's so much fun to see Kermit and Fozzie singing this driving in this car. Again, this is another one of those moments they're singing, they're driving. There is a practical rig being used. This is before a lot of modern movie magic. And it's just wild to me that they were able to pull this off. So see, and you don't, you watch this and you're like, yes, of course those Muppets are driving that car at least as, as realistically as anyone else ever would drive a car in a film. And it's just delightful. We get Big Bird on the side of the road. This joke of Big Bird going to New York to do what they're going to LA to do was fucking magical. <laughs> it really was. And it, it instantly made me go, well, wait a minute. They did this because six years later, a film called Follow That Bird came out. But it was Big Bird leaving Sesame Street to try to find more birds like him. And that oh. is another movie that I fucking love. For a while, he shacks up with some dodos who were fucking batshit crazy. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, Follow That Bird is such a good movie. I don't think it's on the platform, though. Yeah. They get to this billboard, mm-hmm. and somehow Doc Hopper has already managed to paint Kermit's face onto it. He got ahead of him. He got ahead somehow. of him somehow. How did he do this without a picture? A. B. How did he do it so fast? And C. Kermit could fucking sue. This is using someone's explicit image in paid media. Absolutely. And even in 1979, I don't think that that was entirely permissible. A good lawyer could get Kermit a lot of money and would see a little bit off the back end. I guarantee it. Absolutely. I want to see that film. Never mind. We get myth again. We're a small time operation, but we're expanding, expanding, just like you frogs expand. Don't you frogs expand? That's a myth. What? Miss, miss. Yes. Mm. So good. And even as Max starts to have a heart and think, you know, maybe this is awful. Why would we have this anthropomorphic frog selling the legs of his brethren for people to consume, which in and of itself is kind of a proto plot to the Poplars episode of Futurama. When you think about it, yes. Uh, Max gives us capitalism in a nutshell. I've done my best with that frog. Now's the time to do my worst. Open the door. No, you open the door. What? I'm through, Doc. The frog is right. You're asking him to do something terrible. I can't be a part of it. It's a moral decision, and I'll stand by it. I'll double your percentage. I'll open the door. Such a great line. Such a night. This movie is rife with biting, hilarious couplets yeah some of them are punny as fuck and i love a good pun Mm -hmm. and some of them are super incisive like this i can't do it it's against my morals how dare you even ask i'll give you more money i'll be right there thank you very much (laughs) so they get to a church that music is coming from yes as they arrive we learn that fozzy learned to drive by correspondence yes which gave me bed knobs and broomsticks vibes because she learned how to be a witch from correspondence yes and you technically uh, learned to drive by correspondence as well, which is why I was just like, it wasn't a joke to me so much as a, huh, me too. Because <laughs> we, we did the thing where like my mom officially taught me how to drive and there was like a state issued workbook and For tests sure. and a driving lot. She didn't give a shit. I taught myself to drive. I filled all that out. She signed it and I mailed it off. Fuck. I feel like our driver's ed class was just us watching like fucking blood on the asphalt on repeat. <laughs> like it's just not. Yeah. It's, it's awful. <laughs> Wear your fucking seatbelts. You stupid kids. Meanwhile, we get another run on the Hare Krishna joke because outside the church, it says lost. Have you tried Reverend Harry Krishna? <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. It's so well Again, done. Again, this movie is almost 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Hare Krishna's as a punchline just does not resonate today. <laughs> it doesn't because the Beatles, no one, no one cares about John Lennon. Like that's like, it's not in the, in the purview. It's anymore. not in the zeitgeist. No, absolutely. It this is a church hard. service I would attend though. Oh, absolutely. The electric mayhem. Yes. Send me up, please. Literally Daddy. take me to church. Yes. Also, I was watching this movie as an adult where I realized that Scooter was their ban- their road manager. Right. No and idea. The absolute amount of sense. Yeah, cause because he's the stage manager on the show. Right. It's so much fun. It's it's I I feel like maybe some of the audience would have felt at the time going, Oh, that makes sense because of the other things now. Because at this point they've been watching the TV show yeah. for four or five years. Mm-hmm. It's it's so cute. I I love it. It really Janice is. is the OG Valley girl here. Wow, like I'm Janice on the guitar for sure. Really, she's oh my giving God. us proto Valley girl vibes. Her hair just her flipping hair. back and forth. It was with just her, so good with her uvula just flopping all around. I mean, also that. But like, Do you know what a uvula is? Uh, it's a part of the vision. No, it, honey, it's the thing in the back the, of her throat. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh god. Ooh. But I literally noted hers was as she was singing just flopping all around. Yeah. Her uvula was active throughout this scene. Oh my god. But again, I just I the way that the muppets were moving like back and forth with all like they all had a distinct style in the way that yep. they moved. And it's just wild to think that like these are people that are a underneath this, this stage yeah, again. that are all performing to not, they're not seeing what the performances are, but they're all so distinctly different and it's so well done. Realistic. And they had like an, uh, a, a, an actual Rhodes keyboard yeah. that they were playing on. And it was like, this is, this is so nice. Again, we, you know, we watched these things analytically. I don't even think we really mentioned this the last two times that we talked about Muppet movies. The practical, the practicalities behind the execution and all of this. There's like six people under that fucking stage. And then it's edited so well because they keep yeah. cutting back to Fozzie and Kermit. Now, granted, we've skipped over the hilariously meta gag about the actors who are Kermit and Fozzie giving Dr. Teeth the screenplay for the film <laughs> that they're in. This is my favorite plot device. Giving the script to, to someone who is then going to come it, back later yeah. and be like, well, we read ahead and we knew we had to be here. It's such a perfect way to bring all these characters it's along. literally metatextual. It's so good. It's amazing. Oh. And they disguise Fozzie and Kermit's car. And the, again, in the category of hilarious and biting couplets, we yeah. get this line. Doc Hopper will never recognize you now. I don't know how to thank you guys. I don't know why to thank you guys. Our pleasure, green stuff. Holy, Kermit is a... One of the things I realized by the end of this film is that sometimes Kermit's a dick. He really (laughs) is. And honestly, it was one of those things where we stopped, rewound it, and played it again because, because uh, again, it's almost a throwaway line. It really is, and it's just so biting and like coming out of a shitty little frog. Out of that shitty fucking frog, <laughs> such an asshole. So we realize that, or they realize their car disguise is not good enough and not actually working. They run into that billboard. Well, it's not even that it's 
not working. It's that they just happen to pull out right in front of them. And it's another car with another frog and another bear. Right. Never mind that it's the wildest fucking paint. How are you hiding in that car? And then they pull, and then up. They pull up in front of that billboard, <laughs> which then perfectly matches. Perfectly matches that paint. It's so good. It's such a great sight gag. Yeah. Kermit and Fozzie literally run into Gonzo on the road because he veers into their lane. Yeah. Because Camilla's giving him roadhead. I don't know what's happening. Here. I didn't realize that he was in a relationship with that chicken. In later Muppet stuff, it makes sense because he always is like fucking macking on those fucking chickens. You're not telling me anything. I don't know. I am coming to the realization that you, a 33 year old adult man who has consumed Muppets media for a good long time. Yeah. Is just now realizing that Gonzo's a chicken fucker. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You're just now realizing they're in a, they're in a romantic, if not intimate relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh Holy shit. That's going to be a sense memory. It's like also core memory has just gone through my head and that is now established. It also is a nice segue into the concept of a county fair, especially one that is very clearly set in the South because as Gonzo and Camilla, the lovebirds. I didn't do that. Of course you did. You <laughs> do, bird. It's not in my notes I know. Balloon salesman Richard Pryor is mm -hmm. doing his level best to convince Gonzo to buy all of the all of his balloons. He's being a little creepy. He's being a little creepy. But hey, wouldn't you if you were a black man surrounded by Confederate flags? They're everywhere. Everywhere. Josh and I both gasped at at the same time because we saw it just time. nonchalantly flashed across the screen as a white guy carrying it through a county fair. So it was just in gross. that context. If you were Richard Pryor setting up at this county yep. fair saying, I need to sell all these balloons and get the fuck get out. The fuck out. Wouldn't you be hard pressing this one chicken fucking weirdo who's there trying to impress his lady? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Red or green? Can I give you a word of advice? What? Why not take both? <gasps> what a wild idea! Yeah, a beautiful chicken like that deserves two balloons. You're right. I have guys come in all the time. Sometimes they get a bunch of balloons for the girls. They go gaga for it. Gaga? I'll take the whole bunch! Gaga! Gaga! Oh, sell no. your balloons and get out, Richard Pryor. S sell get your, your money and run. That's our new t-shirt. Sell your balloons and get, get out. <laughs> oh, why is this one such a fun one? Because um, we liked the movie. That's the answer. But it's still fun to make fun of because it's Muppets. Oh, I know. You know what it I mean? absolutely is. Because, and again, there's just so much to like about this movie. First, we get Miss Piggy. At yes, the winning Fair. a beauty contest. Yeah. And then Elliot we get this. Gould, well, Elliot Gould introduces her. Yeah. It's Reuben from the Oceans films. Yes. The one, so delightful the one who to has see him. it out for Terry Benedict. And then. Don't is, tell me you don't know about what Terry Benedict is. But uh, the judge is Edgar Bergen, um, who was a ventriloquist famous throughout the middle of the 1900s, which is a weird phrase to say. A little bit. Um, with his little traditional looking ventriloquist dummy, Charlie McCarthy. And the film is actually dedicated to his memory because this was his final film oh, role. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Piggy wins a beauty contest. She yeah. is some pig at this county fair. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen a relationship like this since Wilbur and Charlotte. 
it goes into this dream sequence of her running through fields and things like that, but it's it recreating old movies is what it, I, I feel on. like we get some Wuthering Heights. We get some Casablanca. Yeah. At one point, Kermit's drowning and Piggy is not helping, which I mean, <laughs> a frog that can't swim. Is this a thing in the Muppets? I don't know. But you know what? Suddenly sprung to like I, I made a realization, a personal realization about yeah. myself watching these. Uh, why, you know, this montage of Piggy donning all these classical clothes. There was something about, as a youth, seeing that pig's fat foot in a tiny heel that planted in the back of my brain and made me think, yeah, I, I think I want to be Miss Piggy. I think that's there. You could draw a straight line from Miss Piggy's fat foot in the yeah. purple heels in Muppets Take Manhattan to my gay ass in trash bags pretending to be Ursula at Hamburger Mary's in Long Beach. You yep. can draw a straight line. There is there is a, a definite it's a, straight it's a, line. It's a little bit of a gay line, but yes. Coincidentally, it's also what convinced me that I could get famous singing even if I sounded like a horny peacock. <laughs> We haven't talked about it yet, but Sweetums. Yes. He was at the car dealership before they got to the fair. Yes. He's my favorite character. He's just delightful. And another thing you learned while watching Sweetums in this film was. He only uses his left hand because his right hand is moving his mouth. We're actually, sorry, I got the, the other way around. arms backwards, but still the one hand is just dangling there. Yeah. Now, mind you, when he's running around or whatever, they probably puts both hands in, but it's and one of those things starts flapping. Yeah. I think they put it on a hinge yeah. and he runs with both arms, but that's also why big bird always has one hand on his chest. And that's so cute yeah, because they're uh, moving the head and the mouth of their dominant hand and gesturing with their non-dominant hand. Yeah. And the extra hand has to do something. Sweetums, of course you can kind of move your torso around and he's just a wild you can monster. swing him. Yeah. yeah. He picks up that bug. Like it's nothing and just moves it. So cute. <laughs> it really, really is so cute. We also, again, uh, in the Kermit is a dick category, we, we are coming to realize that he's kind of bad at interpersonal communications. He invite he he's inviting everyone on this trip, whether he means <laughs> yes. to or not. He he doesn't wait for the sort of commitment and understanding because Sweetums runs off to get his bag. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, we're all going to Hollywood. You want to come with us? Hollywood? Whoa! That's strange. You just ran away. Well, moving right along, Fuzzy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Watch where you're going now, Fuzzy. Yes, sir. Hey! Wait, where are you going? And Kermit's just like, well, fuck him then. <laughs> yeah, fuck my drag and drives off. <laughs> and Sweetums comes back going, no, fuck my drag. Come back, bitches. Yeah. Trying to run, run after this. And then he chases part. them all the way. All the way. I've got a note for that at the end. But yeah, in, in, then with Piggy, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's inviting her to get ice cream as served by Bob Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thinks she's being invited to Hollywood. Yeah, that was a jump. And he's kind of mean to her about it. He really is kind of mean to her. I honestly thought that, like, Kermit doesn't want Piggy there. No. And then suddenly it flips. (laughs) He gets left by Piggy. so odd. And then, of course, you know, Gonzo finally gets all his balloons and just takes off. Yes, that favorite thing. And then we get this chase of Gonzo in the air on the balloons. 
them in the new car and then a uh, Doc Hopper behind them. Yes. Chasing them, uh, trying to shoot them. Try, yes, with trying a gun. to shoot the tire out on the car. Still, though. Oh, But of course, Fozzie isn't watching and runs into a billboard for a for Aunt Amy's pies, and apparently this pie on this billboard is filled with Actual real custard, pie. I guess. Yes. Um, when, and the pie flies off and hits the car with Doc Hopper in it, which causes him to shoot Gonzo out of the air and Gonzo falls back on top of the car and Max eats the custard that's just been sitting in this <laughs> billboard. So long. He just licks it. it was like, imagine how that smells. Oh my God. It, imagine if that custard's even been there a day. If that custard's been there four hours in that in, in a florida heat louisiana heat yeah oh it Texas curdling heat. in the humid curdling yeah. in the salty gulf coast humidity ah. and max just mm, let me get some of that custard let me get some of that custard that's so nasty it really really is piggy hijacks their fucking road trip absolutely so i'm kind of on kermit's side here because she's just like oh well it's nighttime let's pull over somewhere r- romantic and Buzz is like, yeah, or Gonzo, I'll have dinner with you. And she's like, fuck you guys. I'm going on a date. Right. I would argue that we wouldn't have gotten in this situation that we get in, you know, if it hadn't just been this romantic evening at this odd alpine. Yeah, I don't understand the, the theme of this diner. Barbecue lodge somewhere. I mean, can we talk about Steve Martin's shorts for a minute? Steve Martin's pale, hairy legs. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, I'm going to wear these fucking short shorts. You're going to look at my baby. They ain't short shorts. He is in lederhosen. Yes. He's got his hairy yams just on display. On display. And uh, and he's given Kermit as much as Kermit has given anybody oh, else. Absolutely. He's the absolute I think worst waiter. He's the one that's like, y'all are ordering a 69 cent bottle of champagne. <laughs> nah, girl. Then he opens with a bottle opener. He opens it with a bottle opener, asks if he wants to smell the cap. The cap. <laughs> and then proceeds. And then he's like, Do you want to taste it? Because that's what you do when you get a bottle of wine, or at mm. least that's what movies will tell you. Sparkling Muscatel, one of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, uh, well, you may serve us now, please. Oh, may I? How he does that. Yeah. Very swamp. Mm. Don't you want to smell the bottle cap? Oh, oh. <laughs> and then he's like, Kermit's like, no, you take a drink of it. He takes a drink of it, spits it out. So much fucking Such shade. Such an asshole, and it's so, so great. I love uh, it. I'm now convinced that Miss Piggy has wigs, much like Dolly Parton, for how often and drastically her hair changes. Now, okay. Is it a thing where Miss Piggy, I know that Miss Piggy gets offended for being called a pig, right? As an insult, yes. Is she trying to make herself not a pig? Is she try, Is it? Is it a wig? Is she doing drag and basically saying, I'm not a pig, I'm, I'm just a... No, 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 no. I think she, I, I just think she's... She's, she's not having an identity crisis. No, she's just being the the most, I think. 
I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag be the most. We should do a character study on Miss Piggy, I think. I know. But yeah, this is where I had the, the note. Did I miss the name of this weird Alpine restaurant with the natural wood piano that hires an anthropomorphic <laughs> dog to play? <laughs> This is also where we meet Rolf and get a really, uh, we get the, the classic great song. I uh, hope that something better comes along, which is once again, better on the green album. I think it's no good complaining. It's pointless to holler. If she's a beauty, then she'll get underneath your collar. If she made a monkey out of old King Kong. And I hope that something better comes along. Is it? It's a bit more twee, honestly, okay, which yeah. makes it endearing, I think, a little bit more. And it's less about, ah, fuck ladies, am I right? That's kind of what I, I was also, while I was listening to the song, I'm like, this is a delightful song. And then when I was reading the subtext of what was happening of the reason why they were singing this song, I was like, oh, that's a little gross. Yeah, especially when <laughs> bitch has been kidnapped. But yeah, this piano is goddamn nonsense. <laughs> looks like something out of the restaurant in a goofy movie with the possums oh my god yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of hey lester ready for yodeling <laughs> sure am buford now gather around my possum pals join the jamboree come hoot and howl and holler from the heart this is absolutely kermit then uh, gets told to go and meet at a place and then is shoved a yes. bunch of guns he in his gets face. a phone call yeah um steve martin coming out are you kermit the frog bitch there's no one else in the <laughs> I restaurant know. but again but i think it's and because he's only- being an asshole yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> well we find out piggy's been kidnapped hopper's got her and uh kermit has to go meet his men if he wants to save piggy steps outside and surrounded by guns. how many people how many do you guns? need how many people do you need to get a to frog ca- to capture a felt frog but also, is he just calling more people from like all of his frog leg restaurants and I, being like, I need you all to come out here? Clancy, do you want the grim dark answer? Okay. They probably know each other from meetings <gasps> where they all have concerns about getting stains out of white sheets. Well, get it 79. You know this what? The same year Dukes of Hazard premiered, and that car ran around with a Confederate flag on it. You're absolutely right. <laughs> all right. Well, well let's. Let's move yes. on. Let's. Yeah. When Kermit arrives to help Piggy, he is captured as the subject for mad scientist Professor Craftsman to brainwash Kermit into performing in Hopper's advertisements. Miss Piggy furiously knocks out Hopper's henchman and causes Craftsman to be brainwashed by his own device. Immediately after the fight and saving Kermit, Miss Piggy receives a job offer and promptly abandons a devastated Kermit, at which point the film burns due to a mishap in the projection room. Starts back up with Kermit and Fozzie joined by Rolf the dog and reunited with Miss Piggy along the way. The Muppets continue their journey to Hollywood, but their car breaks down in the desert. Sitting at a campfire, the group sadly realizes that they will likely miss the audition the next day. Kermit wanders off, ashamed for bringing his friends on a fruitless journey, but has some personal reflection and restores his commitment. He returns to camp where he discovers the electric mayhem have come to their rescue, having learned of the plight of the group by reading ahead in the film's script. The mayhem offer to drive the entire group the rest of the way in their bus. Nothing but Nazis to take your attention away from the racism. The note that I had here was, I think this is a non a Nazi scientist trope. And as I was, as I was typing that 
Of course, Mel Brooks comes out and clicks his heels together. Yes. Of course it's Mel Brooks. Who and else could <laughs> make a Nazi mad scientist funny but Mel Brooks, who's almost literally chewing the scene. He's licking it, at he, least. He, uh, he literally licks it. You think we're taking a nap in Cologne? No, we're working at night. Each night, a new dial, a new knob, a he diode, a transistor. Cerebrectomy, cerebrectomy, electronic cerebrectomy. Mm. What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? It turns the brains into guacamole. <laughs> Mel Brooks is a fucking treasure. What does it say about me that I think this is the first time I thought to myself, well, Mel Brooks is kind of attractive. I mean, a young Mel Brooks, a young Steve Martin, when he comes in, I was just like, oh, the basement was just wet. It really, really is so much, so much fun. And, and, and and especially like, as we get into the scene a little bit later with Miss Piggy, who just get into it. My next, my next note is, Al Caps, piggy fighting. Yeah. The upskirt, the eyes, the action, the <laughs> jumping, the luau joke. It's an amazing action scene. And it is a puppet. It is. Holy it's fuck. It's so well done. And yeah, that like you mentioned, there's one point where the she turns to the like to face the camera and she's got these giant her fucking eyes, eyes rather like, than being hooded like and wild and demure and bedroomized suddenly it looks like she just did a rail of coke <laughs> and she's about to rip these dudes throats she's out about to shit her she pants jumps from the fucking hayloft onto yeah. these guys <laughs> it's so good and knocks them over and honestly it looks like she jumped off it's so well done it's so well done so well done it resolves everything's fine they're about to escape and kermit makes the odd decision of answering the mad scientist's barn phone. Yes. And somehow to your earlier point, Piggy's agent knows that she's in this barn. The not now again, how does doc Hopper know a Nazi mad scientist? Probably because he too was at the white sheet meeting. Oh, this is what I'm saying. This when is you look at it so holistically, gross. they're saying a lot. It really is, which is very on brand for the Muppets. When you think about it, because again, this old rich white shithead is trying to take advantage of a bunch of weirdos who are in a found family for his own monetary gain. Yeah. They're saying a lot here in 1979 at the end of the sexual revolution, just moments before the AIDS crisis lands. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. They're saying a lot. They really are. And we even, for some reason now have to question Piggy's love for Kermit. Cause she going to drop his ass for a gig. Like a bag of hot rocks. Like she a- <laughs> literally just leaves. <laughs> this deep emotional moment is so deep and so emotional. Yeah. The film burns. Yeah. Thanks to the Swedish chef. Hey, what happened? Don't worry, animal. Your big scene is coming up. Jump cut to now. Rolf is with them suddenly. We don't know how that happens. Again, it's another device that they're using in order to get all these characters to keep them there, but not explain how they got there. It's oh, it's just so well done. So yeah, they they pick back up. 
Piggy all also shows up. Well, yeah, because they she's on the side of the road. Yes. For whatever reason. And we get this montage of, you know, American landmarks or whatever. And again, I ask, how the fuck are they getting to L.A.? <laughs> why are you at why are you at the fucking Mount Rushmore? <laughs> yeah. If you started in Florida and you're literally trying to get to Hollywood. They're like, bitch, they're like doing an S3 to the United States. It's a big squiggle. And you got days to get there for an audition. Yeah, it's it takes at least 24 hours to get from L.A. to here. Yeah. You're being Austin. Here are those of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is also about the time that Doc Hopper brings another friend from his, you know, perfectly fine barbecue gatherings who just happens to wear all black as a proto judge doom looking motherfucker who specializes in killing frogs. Yeah. Again, we're establishing as the talented other who is trying to seek their own fame, fortune and dreams is in risk of being exploited by someone else. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) I mean, I guess this is the final straw for max when the fake Kermit gets all but shot out of his hand, but still come come the fuck on max. You're friends with racists. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, this campfire scene where we get this delightful song where if you had told me piggy was dressed as trixie mattel in that scene i would have believed you (laughs) as opposed to the other way around are you kidding me yeah the way that kerchief and that billowy shirt and all that hair yeah piggy's a drag queen she absolutely is and yeah absolutely trixie is is channeling miss piggy a lot i don't know that she's ever clocked miss piggy is one of her references but i think you could see the Oh, for sure. Subliminal influence, perhaps. And for a lot of drag queens, I feel like Miss Piggy was a huge icon. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. We're in the desert. This looks familiar. Vaguely familiar. Almost unreal yet. It's too soon to feel yet. Close to my soul, and yet so far away. I'm going to go back there someday. Gonzo starts singing about wishing to go back there someday. Another mm-hmm. song that's the, the cover of which on the Green Album is just delightful. I do like the cover better, yes. Kermit, at the end of the song, starts just walking off in the desert alone, and we get this dialogue between... Kermit just walking and you're hearing the dialogue to then you're seeing another Kermit. It's the proto version of the dark side Kermit. Yeah. That is the circulating meme. It That's effectively a trope of Muppet films is Kermit having an argument with himself. <laughs> yeah. It's Except just, in this conversation, it's Kermit 616, who is the darker Kermit. Yeah. And Kermit 838, <laughs> who is trying to get him to look at it from a more loving perspective. And this is where the Muppet universe and the Star Wars universe join together. But you made another observation during that campfire scene. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. I didn't realize that Fozzie was left-handed. Do you know why? No. Think back to something else we discussed earlier. The puppeteer's puppet with their dominant hand. Oh, I guess They're that's They're controlling fair. the mouth and the yeah. head with their dominant hand. So their other hand is going to be the one that they're doing the chords with. Now, puppets like Fozzie, and I know this because I've seen Avenue Q, are are controlled by two people because they've got two opposable hands and the head and mouth. Yes. The primary puppeteer is using their dominant hand, their right, in Fozzie's mouth, and their non-dominant hand, their left, doing the chords on the guitar, while the second puppeteer is over there doing the strumming in time. Yeah, and it's so well done. And that's why pup- Muppets like that 
are almost all left-handed. If a Muppet is right-handed, then their puppeteer is left-handed. That's fun. And of course, this, again, only matters for the ones that are armed, you know, yeah. that, that are, mm-hmm. because all of the other ones have little wires on their hands. Right, and the wires can be manipulated, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so Which, much Which, again, fun. is another reason Avenue Q is amazing, because there is a Trekkie monster, who's mm-hmm. like the cookie monster analog in Avenue Q, it's two people running around controlling that one character. And it's like watching ballet to watch My these God. people run around that stage. How, how is it that it in Avenue Q, like when you're watching it, like, do you need to be close no. or is it like, it's almost better if you're not. Okay. Because all of the performers who aren't human characters are in black. Okay. I hope that they tour with that again. That would be fun. Yep. Honey, back to the film. I have a question sure. that is related to the film. Uh-huh. When we retire, can we get a 70s short bus and trick it out like the electric mayhems? Because if I'm going to travel across the country, I want to do it in that bus. Was that not already the plan? Oh, okay, good. Okay. I just, I, well, we hadn't talked about it. So let's go ahead and commit that to paper. Yep. This bus is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I love this fucking bus. <laughs> and again, just the devices that they use for them showing up being that they read, ahead, read in the ahead in the script and there they are. And that's why they knew they needed to be there is just such a delightful mechanic so, so again it's me, it's literally metatextual it really really i is. love it i fucking love it and then um i guess because again they've gone from mount rushmore now they're in the desert presumably the southwest yeah i guess they got back to arizona mm-hmm. who fucking knows but now we're gonna get the rest of the way to hollywood right the group is warned by reformed max that hopper has hired an assassin snake walker to kill Kermit, who decides to face his aggressor and proposes a Western-style showdown in a nearby ghost town. There, they find inventor Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and his assistant Beaker. Kermit confronts Hopper with an appeal to his hopes and dreams. Hopper orders his goons to attack, but the Muppets are saved when one of Dr. Honeydew's inventions, Instagrow Pills, temporarily enlarges animals, scaring the villains away. The Muppets are free to finally reach Hollywood, where they meet studio executive Lou Lord, who signs the Muppets to a standard rich and famous contract. The first take in their attempt to perform the script goes awry when Gonzo crashes into the prop rainbow, and an explosion blows a hole in the roof of the studio. A real rainbow shines through the hole and onto the Muppets, where they are then joined by other Muppet characters from The Muppet Show, Sesame Street, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, and the land of Gorch, and all the Muppets sing together as the film closes and returns to the screening room, where the stars celebrate their accomplishment. Sweetums then tears through the movie screen in the theater, ending the film and catching up with the rest of the crew as they congratulate each other on their performances. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so much. Uh, First of all, the... (laughs) Calling the cop, he was about to call the cop a pig. Yes, and Miss Piggy got fucking offended Dr. again. Teeth got so close <laughs> to having his head bit off by Piggy. <laughs> what do we do now, huh? Oh dear. Hey, hey, the man with the badge, the police, the cops, the fuzz, the P.I. Don't you dare! Well, I wouldn't think of it. It's so ridiculous. But it ends up being Max who is uh, trying to warn them that, hey, this is going to happen. Yeah. And you guys still, should... though, Max, you're friends with racists. Maybe call the real cops, you asshole. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because again, where did he you get already a mo- committed? Where mo- did he get a motorcycle and a cop outfit? Right. Why didn't you tell that cop? Hey, he was like, never mind. I'm gonna go. My to boss the- has already committed multiple crimes. Right. Not the least of which is uh, theft of likeness. Uh, Why has Doctor Bunsen hunted you? I mean, I guess I'm about to answer my own question because we get what is effectively a Dr. Bunsen and Beaker sketch yes. towards the tail end of this film as this barrel erupts playing Lady of Spain, which we only know because of the credits, I because mean, you and I are under the age of 50 and we have no fucking contemporary context for Lady of Spain. Oh, yes. What is that? That's one of my latest inventions, a musical rotating rain barrel. Oh, oh yeah. You see, I'm Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and this is my assistant, Beaker. We live here perfecting useful inventions. Come in, come in. Oh, and yeah, that it scared me. Also, look, Cowboy Kermit in these spurs looks gay as fuck. But, uh, living, but if this is living a- for him <laughs> in that cowboy hat. Yes. If this is actually high noon, they're too late for breakfast at Hollywood and Vine. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be so late for that audition. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't, it, the timing just doesn't make any it, sense. We've, we've lost the idea of um, temporal narrative progression here. Yeah. And we are just shotgunning it to the end of the story. But I don't think it really fucking matters because of how meta this whole thing is anyway. No, absolutely. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we get that shot like from the good, the bad and the ugly through the legs yeah. uh, on the street, which is absolutely delightful. We get the meta of of I, I didn't realize that Beaker could actually talk. Yeah. When he finally calms down, he's got a little bit of a voice. It's very sad. Yeah, it was. It's like, oh, I understand why he doesn't talk anymore. Poor Beaker. We are perfecting our latest invention, Instagrow pills. Well, what in the name of Fat Swaller is that? A four-foot prune. A four-foot prune. Yeah, man, well, what else do these pills make big? Oh, they work on anything, but the effect is sadly temporary. Take another bump, know. Beaker. Get right there and ride that fucking <laughs> I mean, absolutely. white track. Ride it straight to hell. Oh, can we talk about Animal's big scene? Here it is. Fucking giant goddamn animal <laughs> over the saloon in this ghost town. <laughs> what Again, what a fucking turn all it of this really has taken. Is. And I love it. We went from really practical, really intricate movie magic to straight, straight up giant green screen almost fucking harry Housen looking busting through it like like an old godzilla just like, amazing uh, and look if media like this is was my favorite as a kid and clearly it was yeah. so much of this it's no wonder that given everything mm-hmm. and the media that i love that i turned into the person i am today i found this family and if you can't deal with it you may as well kill my spur slinging gay ass because these are my people and fuck you for trying to fuck with us. Yeah. That's literally what Kermit's saying right now. He's saying, I will give up my life rather than stop being who I am with these people. And he tries to tell the racist, Hey, just love people. And the racist is like, no, if I can't commodify you, I'll kill you. Wow. The the, the subtext that's going on. That's what I'm saying. is, Is just incredible for the time. So animal scares them off. They're free to continue to Hollywood and vine. They arrive in Hollywood where they're in Runyon Canyon. And then all of a sudden 
they're on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. in front of the Chinese theater. Correct. And then they're in Malibu or maybe Long Beach mm-hmm. or maybe Venice. Yeah. And they're trying to get to Hollywood and Vine. They missed it. They missed it and kept going. <laughs> yeah. They, they missed, missed it, it <laughs> kept going and then hit PCH and said, well, let's take a left. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you're so late. And the funny thing is, is that anyone from Southern California watching this movie would know exactly the plight that drive was just. I only lived there for no, six years. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm watching this going, oh, you got lost. <laughs> you got lost. When I first went to fucking Hollywood Boulevard and was like, let me try to do this without Google Maps. No, 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 no. Nope, you can't. Nope. I thought I was going to the movie studio. Remember nope, that one you're time in Malibu. That we were trying to go to uh, Universal Studios and it took us over Maholland Drive. So they finally get to the movie studio. <laughs> He's trying to move on. And hot Cloris Leachman is wearing a wig from the 40s. Yes. And she looks dynamite. I want this wig. She, again, here's another one literally taking the scenery down with her as she. <laughs> Axe the roof off this two-minute scene with a room full of puppets. See here, miss, I may not be one of your fancy Hollywood frogs, but I deserve a chance. And we're going to stay right here in this office until you let us in to see Lou Lord, aren't we, gang? Huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just sit right down and wait. Miss Garrity, Miss Casey, uh-huh. I want to report it. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. shake, yeah. shake, come on, shake it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 She might as well have been in the entire movie. She literally, it, that scene was hers. It and, was, that, and that shelf of her hair that she had, oh, oh my God. So good. So good. Which is an odd imbalance to this 60 second intro yeah. to the studio execs office. Yes. And it's like, you, it's, they may as well have found the goddamn fountain of youth <laughs> and that chair spins around and it's fucking Orson Welles. <laughs> ah, the French champagne. And he delivers a line. <laughs> one line. Orson Welles delivers one line for this movie. <laughs> Cloris Leachman has just knocked down the set outside. <laughs> Cloris Leachman has all but flipped her desk and kicked a puppet in the face. Yeah. And Orson Welles turns slowly around, takes a puff off of a cigar and says, Miss Tracy, prepare the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and company. But you know, he probably showed up. He did. You've got me for one hour. Right. He absolutely was doing those Palmason uh, yeah. commercials at the same time. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So this guy was probably showing up. At least as drunk as Kermit was. I mean. (laughs) That bicycle, I'm telling you. So Orson's going to make the movie. Yeah. And we cut to, it's again, a very Muppet trope where we're ending the story, but it's the big production number. Mm -hmm. And you caught, you know, as Kermit's on the stool, you said, bup, 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 and you paused it. Yeah, I paused it because there were uh, mirrors that were underneath the stool that were blocking out the Jim Henson, Jim Henson who is making it look you like know, they're there. puppeteering yeah. Kermit and speaking for him. But again, 43 years ago, you're in that theater. Yeah. You can't pause it. 
No. Already it's you've seen Muppets magic. do everything you've it's ever magic. imagined. He's now sitting on a stool, play, like sitting there talking. He is. And you don't see, like, it's the whole Kermit. Jim Henson's got one hand in Kermit's mouth and the other hand flipping off the audience from behind that mirror. I mean, He's like, we did it, motherfucker. <laughs> this is a real fucking thing. I'm, my, I'm not fisting felt. This is a real frog, fuckers. Oh, my God. The things that we got from this episode. Uh, fisting felt. Fisting felt. And chicken fucker. Chicken fucker. Um, sell your balloons and go. <laughs> sell your balloons and go. Um, or get out. Anyways. But I, as as this movie ends, especially we're back in this. No, it's when he's doing the lights. 38 years old. Again, we've mentioned our age yeah. a couple times in this. I am just realizing that the scariest thing about Crazy Harrier is fucking teeth. Because they look like yeah. dentures in that puppet. Dr. Teeth's teeth are kind of like over, like they, they don't look three-dimensional. They no. look, though, you know what? This is the first time I think I can remember doc, seeing Dr. Teeth move around the set as opposed mm-hmm. to just being stationary at the piano. And he looks fucking creepy. He does. Because he's kind of bell-shaped with those human arms. Yeah. And, Dr. Teeth is kind of creepy. It really is. And yeah, Crazy Harry equally creepy. Absolutely. And then as they're in the screening room, this is effectively the Muppet version of the SNL uh, credits, you know, the goodnight, everybody, whatever. They all get together. It had to be puppet. I'm not even talking about the singing at the, I'm talking about like in the screening room. Yes. It's like, yes, that final shot is gorgeous. This is the last time a rainbow was ever seen in LA. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, effectively. And they all became gay. And we got back to the screening room and the, everybody's happy and excited and celebrating. And yeah, they're taking pictures. Piggy pulls in Janice. Again, my brain went, but right underneath all of this, there's 40 fucking people fully choreographing what looks like a candid party environment. It's really impressive. And this is Just under the credits. Under the credits. You're not even like at this point, you're probably getting up and leaving the movie theater and they are still doing such crazy work and unique business. Really? And then animal at the end just tells you get the fuck out. In case yeah. You have stayed. Lo- lo- love a post credit scene. Love a post credit scene. Oh, well, delightful. I think we hated it, <laughs> but I, this movie was made for $8 million. In se- I haven't done any conversion. This Still, is in that's incredible. 65.8 million on return. Yeah. Fucking bananas. Bananas. Critics and audiences both give it 80%. That's good. It's interesting, though, considering sort of like the zeitgeist of the Muppets. But I expected this to be a higher number. Ebert gave it a 3.5 out of 4 stars. Yeah. Writing for the Chicago Sun-Times. Mm-hmm. His original um, review I'm going to provide in the links because it's lengthy and delightful. But the, the key excerpt on Rotten Tomatoes is probably the best thing about the, the review. He said, Jolson sang, Barrymore spoke, Garbo laughed. And now Kermit the Frog rides a bicycle. If you can figure out how they were able to show Kermit pedaling across the screen, then you are less a romantic than I am. I prefer to believe he did it himself. He did, Roger. He was just drunk on the day. He was just drunk on the day. <laughs> John Sko from Time Magazine, he gave it a, a splat. But Yeah, it's a, and, uh, Roger Eberts was the only original one I could find. I couldn't find any yeah. of these other Anyways. originals to get more context, but... He said the transition from yank them off till they bomb lunacy of the TV show to the coherent narration of the film is not a complete success. What? I disagree. Yeah. He thinks that the translation of it being, you know, a variety show onto film 
yeah. isn't successful. I disagree. I think they, act, they were able to layer their humor and their execution can, in a film narrative format. I can see very from well. this film, all of the other Muppet films, the things that they learned from this and are like, this is the direction exactly. we're going. You can exactly. see this is where it starts. Um, for Variety, it was a staff writer. I, I did, could, again, couldn't find a name, but um, they liked it. Jim Henson, Muppet originator, and Frank Oz, creative consultant, have abandoned the successful format of their vid show and inserted their creations into a well-crafted combo of musical comedy and fantasy adventure. Agree. Yeah, so the like Josh mentioned, the viewer score was 88% as well. First one we have is from Jordan M. He gave it four stars in 2022. Uh, he said, this was far better than I expected. I've seen some of the other family-oriented movies that were highly rated based on mostly on their being nothing wrong with them, but in this case, the jokes and songs were quite good. The fourth wall breaking was acceptable, and the whole self-referential plot thing was uh, compelling. The multitude of cameos uh, seemed only to be there just to satisfy movie nerds like me, but satisfy they did. Uh, I disagree. Those cameos are there because that is a trope. Uh, that is a pillar of Muppet performances. That's always literally the Muppet been. show. There's yeah. always a guest star. And it, it it really is fun that they were able to do all that again. And, but you know, and again, the self-referential thing, I, I definitely agree with Same. The, the fucking script device of that's how they're keeping a character. there. literally magic fucking delightful. Scott G a super reviewer gave Ooh. it four stars in 2012. So the first Muppet movie from the seventies, I've not seen the seventies, eighties movies. And from this, I want to, Enjoyed seeing all the characters and in a way, a, a origin story, all the gang get their moments to shine and a fantastic 70s feel. Like Scott might have been a little young when he wrote this. Review. A little bit. Bless him. So not an alias J, mm. which is OK. Great, great name. Screen name. Uh, gave it two and a half stars in 2008 saying enjoyable. But the film, but any film that relies on terrible puns, cameos and frog on pig love for 90% of its laughs can't do better than 2.5 stars for me. Oh, then just don't watch the Muppets. You fucking Philistine. You've literally <laughs> described their whole shtick. That is their whole That's shtick. Liter you've literally encapsulated any Muppet property. Any, any, any Mel Brooks movie that you go see is the same sort of fucking terrible puns and nonsense. His frog on pig shit is downright nasty. It really is nasty. All right, let's talk about awards. It was nominated at the Academy Awards in 1980 for Best Original Song and Score, uh, but didn't win. Um, same Golden Globe nominated for Best Original Song, didn't win. It did, however, take away the Grammy for Best Children's Album. Oh, that's fun. Yes, um, but lost the Grammy for Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't any technical awards that were like awarded to them right. in the Academy. It's kind of like a little bit, but maybe maybe then they weren't doing so many technical awards. Yeah. But I don't know. That's another bit of film history that's rife. Okay. Yeah. Some fun trivia. Frank Oz appears in a cameo as a biker who beats up Fozzie Bear. Um, I'm pretty sure he's the one who also looked like he was from village people but in yes. the in the um cafe <laughs> uh -huh. while steve whitmire appears as a man in the bogan county fair we mentioned that um uh the director of this film is a waiter tim burton is one of the puppeteers in the final shot of the film oh john landis is also in the final shot performing grover and both landis and burton were uncredited okay yeah that's fun and then finally we have some music notes music notes oh yeah speaking of puns 
The album Jesus. reached 32 on the Billboard 200 and was certified gold. In addition to its awards and nominations, Rainbow Connection reached 25 on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh, right on. Moving right along, never, ne- never before, never again, and I hope that something better comes along, were shortened in the film compared to their soundtrack versions for continuity purposes. The latter, a duet between Rolf and Kermit, contained references that the studio considered too mature for children, although the song appeared complete in the British theatrical and home debut versions, thus having a two-minute longer runtime than the U.S. one. Mm. Remember we mentioned that at the top? Yeah. And then in Finale, The Magic Store, a line performed by Kermit in the film is sung by Fozzie on the soundtrack recording. Right on. Uh, No one is really taking into question the number of a real number of songs about Rainbow seriously, but 11 years ago, an article on overthinkingit.com asserted that there are 42. Yeah, not sure how many new ones have been recorded since then. Yeah. But I do love the version on the Green Album, Absolutely. which we've mentioned multiple times. And mm-hmm. they also feature, as we mentioned, covers of Moving Right Along. I hope that something better comes along, and I'm going to go back there someday. And we'll link that the, to the Spotify. Uh, yeah, we'll put the, the playlist in the notes. notes. Yeah, for sure. It's such a great album. It really, really is. Uh, this has been a long one, Mr. Grinch, but my goodness, what a fun one to watch this and really, discuss. This really, really was a fun one. This was a joy. Some of it is clearly dated, but not so much that you can't enjoy this film. And again, if you look at it a little bit deeper, I feel like that's part of the point is they're commenting on this shit. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that as well. And, and you know, it's it holds up in that it's sense. It's not even overtly sexual in any no, way. No, not really. No curse words, not a whole lot of violence. Mm-mm. No, and, and it, when it is violence, it's Miss Piggy doing karate. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's empowering. It really it's is fun. empowering. Yes. Oh, Clancy, where can they find us on social media? Uh, well, if they went to Facebook... Uh, Twitter or Instagram yes. you could get us at nonplussed pod yes and you can also go to patreon.com slash making mischief to hear our current recaps of Marvel's The Inhumans yep head over to patreon.com slash making mischief join us on the discord listen to our bonus content also yeah. content from other shows on the network Clancy how can they email us if they wanted to oh well they could do that at submissions at nonplusspod.com yes and of course be sure to rate, review, follow, subscribe, evangelize, ambassadize, whatever. Tell your bastardize. friends. Ba- don't bastardize. Oh, well, fair enough. Anyway, spread the <laughs> word about us to your friends and to others on your podcasting platform of preference. We'd really appreciate that. Other than that, I think that's a wrap, baby. It is. And that over there is my husband, Clancy. Oh, <gasps> over there yeah. is my beautiful Oh, and handsome. Oh. And wicked smart husband Josh. <laughs> this has been nonplussed. My goodness. It's time to take off makeup. It's time to go to bed. I don't know. I ran I out of steam. Usually I, I can do something funny All at right. the end. We good. Usually I'm like riding on adrenaline. But it's the end of the week and baby tired, daddy. No, no, sorry. Baby God, tired, no, daddy. no, no.
No, it, honey, it's the thing in it's the back the, of her throat. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. And we have our outro, which is Josh laughing for one and a half minutes. <laughs> oh God! Ooh. We're not about here. We're not. We're not about here to be talking that. No. Remember, you can get twenty dollars off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code nonplus. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplus to get your twenty dollars off today. Add some personality to your potions. And some spice to your sauce. Ew.